All right now, people, ain't nobody checking for me. The podcast, Rachel Jarofsky, that's who's talking to you right now. I am joined, as always, by my beloved co-host. Cody Wilkins, ladies and gentlemen, glad to have you. Even happier that, once again, you've pushed back against the title and have checked in with us for the pod. What's up? Cody, who's checking for you? Well, you know who, who you know who's really checking for me this week, Rachel, is Neck and back pain. Neck and back pain. Been sleeping a little weird. And to fight back against that, I just went and got a Casper pillow and a Casper mattress, ladies and gentlemen. Casper pillow, Casper mattress. And you too yes. can get your Casper mattress. Uh, this is Ain't Nobody Checking For Me, brought to you by I Am Just Kidding. We don't have a sponsor and I have no solution for my back pain. <laughs> Casper, the Subway's mattress. Right. How much? How many times have you been on the subway scene? <laughs> Casper, Matt, get your fifteen percent off. Like fifteen percent off, never shit. <laughs> never. Ultimately, I'd take it. No one's checking for me this week, but I am checking for things, Cody. I'm checking for many things. Mm-hmm. One of them being Hanukkah candles. Okay. Oh, true. Because. Yes, it's that time of year, and birthday candles, they're just not cutting it, okay? Mm. They're fitting a little bit baggy. A little loose. A little loose. Birthday candles in a menorah are the equivalent of wearing your big brother's <laughs> hand-me-downs. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Everyone knows those are not your clothes originally. That is your father's suit jacket. That, right. That's exactly what that is. That's how these candles are looking. And you would think, I feel like you would think in Brooklyn, New York, that grocery stores would be legally obligated to carry them. Right. You know what I mean? But not true. I spent 90 precious minutes of my life that I will never get back just sort of shuttling from one grocery store, one bodega to the next and asking for Hanukkah candles and being met with, I don't fear, blank stares, confusion. Um... It's disappointing, frankly. But so, you know, listeners, you got 24 hours to get this girl some real Hanukkah candles <laughs> before the holiday ends. Rachel, I love the resiliency of your Hanukkah spirit, but I, I, I really hate the idea of the fire hazard that is birthday candles inside of menorah. Those uh, those things shiggity shake loose and there go the curtains. All right. right. So let's uh, watch. But why don't we make it another at tech five, maybe 10 more minutes under that 90 and find <laughs> you just the right candles. I am checking for one thing specifically uh, these days. I'm checking for this new movie Songbird. Have you heard about it? I haven't, no. Songbird, I just saw a trailer for it. I think it's going to be on Amazon or something. It's one of those big-time Michael Bay-style, or that's the name attached to it. But it's a movie uh, set in the not-so-distant future where COVID-23 ravages the earth and the pandemic forces people into, you know, sick camps. And the government, when the app says that you got the fever, they come kicking down your door and grabbing you. Why whoop up in the man? Who's immune? He's in love with his girl, and he got to go link her. And that I will bat the bed. And um, I'm really excited to see it because I haven't seen really expensive bad films in a while. You know, the last one I started was like Aquaman. Actually, let me not, not talk shit about anybody because I can't make a movie. But I'm, <laughs> let me just retract all of that. 
We're not really checking for Songbird, but okay, maybe I will have to maybe I will have to take a look at the trailer. I have been known to go down seven minute holes just looking at trailers like bitch, you're gonna watch a fucking movie. Now it's already 1 a.m. Which brings me to my point. Who do I not want checking for me this week? Uh, and what do you know? It is the government again. Um so I lied uh, not once, not twice, but three times on my government-issued health care form about my projected 2021 income just so that I would requalify uh, for the health insurance I have. But the saddest part is I lied to the government and told them that I'm going to make more than I'm actually going to make. Oh, no. Just so that I wouldn't get knocked. Um, so I don't know if you can really get in trouble for something like that since I will be, uh, you know, kind of giving them a little bit more money in their pocket. I guess I'm a patriot. I pledge allegiance to the not. You know, some listeners may be thinking, Rachel, don't out yourself like that on the radio. But what they don't recognize is that when rappers talk about shooting and stabbing and selling our drugs and flipping a rock, the thing is, it's just art, baby. It's just art. Rachel's an upstanding citizen. She ain't never broke not a nail all lied on, not a near paper. Come on, man. She dots her T's, cross her eyes, puts her P's in the uh, Q's. We just have to ultimately move on to our guests. Okay. Which everyone is freaking out. The listeners are throwing shit in their houses. They're throwing sticks, stones, books, anything they can get their hands on because they want to hear who we got in the virtual lab. Obviously, you'll have to wait. We'll be back. And we are back with the guests to end all guests. We might not be able to do another episode after this just because we won't be able to top it. We got the one, the only Tiffany Johnson in the virtual lab. Tiffany Johnson! Director, filmmaker, shot caller extraordinaire. Um, Tiffany, I'm so sorry, but I am going to go through your bio, which is just so uncomfortable for most people to hear their bio. Yeah. What, also, where did you pull this bio from? You know, is this from the site? I was, it was your website. It was a little bit of... Oh, no. Honestly, Google completes the search. You know, I, I only got through putting TIF. Yeah. Next thing you know, Funny Johnson. It was crazy. You're Don't, don't. You guys are silly. Okay, go ahead. It didn't take much research to learn that you have directed episodes of Black Monday on Showtime, Boomerang on BET, Dear White People on Netflix, mm. 20s on BET, and The Last OG on TBS. Wow, I love that show. Uh, you're short, ladylike. I watched it. I loved it. It was a Canes. I might have said Canes wrong. My head said Cans, and my heart said, don't say it that way. Official can, selection. Canonis. Can, uh, Canonis. Right. You know what I'm saying? Can I see, it's, it's actually the Can I See It Film Festival. It's, a, it's an acronym. You got it. Can I See It. Yes. Point is, Ladylike has gotten some great, great accolades. Lower East Side Film Festival, Underexposed Film Festival, mm. San Francisco Black Film Festival. Tiff, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Oh, thank you. What an intro. Damn. <laughs> oh, so good. So good to hear it, hear it back at me. Oh, yeah. um, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. We're gonna have fun. Absolutely, <laughs> Tiff. I'm I'm so excited to have you. We're so excited to to talk with you. I want to speak, obviously, off the bat uh, to your origin story. Would would love to hear about when you knew you wanted to get in a film, become a filmmaker, a director. Was this like a pre-programmed into the career GPS, or did you kind of stumble upon this by chance? 
You know, I, you, yeah, there's often, you get asked this question uh, kind of often, and I, I find myself trying to rephrase it each time I answer it. But honestly, in its simplest form, I just love okay. movies. Like, it all just started from um, me and my brother just watching films all the time. And going to Blockbuster was like literally the thing I look forward to every week. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, I sound so old, but like the, these generation kids don't know what like, yeah going to Blockbuster on a yeah. Friday and your mom being like, oh, you get you get one rental and it's like <laughs> two of y'all. So we got to like, you know, it's like, okay, this, we got one film we get to choose this weekend. Like, what's it going to be? And and that was my favorite thing. Um, so honestly, just, just my pure love of film. And I do like to mention, I was a Girl Scout. Okay. Um, so I did do, yeah, I was a Girl Scout for too long. <laughs> um, probably about about 10 years, 10, 11 years. Um, and I did this this camp one summer going into middle school, and it was called Let's Make a Movie. And it was the first time I was exposed to, like, the behind the scenes of what it takes to make films. Because, you know, you're watching movies when you're younger. All you see are the actors. Like, you, you're you not thinking about, oh, that shot or that production design or that cost. Like, you're not, you know, you're just like these characters, this world, this is fun, and I like this. Um, but this camp really opened up my my eyes to to all the other components that it takes to make a film and i remember coming out of that summer camp um also during that camp we made a short film mm. and every every girl had a role that she had to be um and i w- it was two directors i was one of them because i was like oh i get to tell people what to do right. Right. yeah right. that's let yes. me do let me let me do that right. <laughs> yeah, like, it was, yeah yeah and so um it just it, it just like I found this new passion and it and changed the way I watched the movies. It changed the way, the, you know, the type of films I was watching. You know, I would, I now was going to Blockbuster and, you know, kind of venturing out of the new releases and kind of going to the more obscure right. sections, you know, or like the cultish films or whatever. Just kind of my palette changed. Um, and then got into high school and really, uh, you know, started, I was the only girl in the AV club, mm-hmm. um, only black person in the AV club too. Um, so, you know, I, I started filming like basketball games and, um, editing like highlight reels for football nice. players, like just doing like basic production stuff. Um, and then, yeah, just, it, it kept, you know, the, the passion deepened and deepened. And um, I decided to go to film school. And I remember my mom, you know, not quite sure what that meant right. and being like, you want to, you want to do what? What? Like, <laughs> not mm-hmm. like, like, what does this mean? What's the, you know, like not, not sure that this was going to become something, right. You know, and I didn't know if it was going to become something either. I just was going again, for my, my love of movies and wanting to make them. Um, to sum it up, I just love movies and I, I've always wanted to make them. And um, that's, that's ultimately what, what drove me to, to this place. Yes. So. I love to think of yeah. like young Girl Scout Tiff, like in a baseball cap talking about hot yes. points, you know what I mean? Or... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was totally it. Um, yeah. And it was cool because we, it was two directors and I remember we, we were kind of clashing, you know, we weren't on the same yes. page a little different bit. Different so Yeah, we had different, and this is my job, like 12, 13. I'm like, no, that's not what we're doing. Wow. I was like, no, I want it this way. Um, but I had a blast, and I, I wonder where that video is, to be honest. I feel like my mom might still have it. Um, it's a train wreck, I'm sure, but it was fun nonetheless. Well, hey, we could, if you got it, we, part of this is we do promo works of our people who we yeah. have on, so we could promo Girl Scout, Girl Scout yeah. flick, if need be. Yeah, that would be that would be a fun watch if I ever found it. <laughs> Tiff, that is just like that's a movie in itself. Your 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 story to get to this point like that. But the thing that that's sticking with me is 
Blockbuster. I'm you, you took me right yes. back to Blockbuster. Wow. I was standing in those aisles and I'm thinking now yes. I'm thinking now about how horrified I am by how much time like twenties me would be standing searching in Blockbuster for the right movie. Like thinking about how much we scroll mm-hmm. now, like how much yeah. uh, and, and these options are just a, yeah. a touch away from the finger. Maybe that's my but oh man. The, the search in the physical brick and mortar. The search. The search and the politics around the selection. Oh, yeah. Between family yes, members. Yes. That part. And every now and again, we can get the two rentals. You know, they were having like a, you know, rent one, get one free type of thing. Or, you know, what my favorite thing is, was when like, let's say what you wanted was out and you like go to the, the mm. you know, the, the register and you're like, oh, is it in the return box? <laughs> right, like, can, you, right. can you see if someone brought it back? And they're like, nah, we out. I'm like, no. Like that was like devastating. Oh, such a crucial time and like a very impactful time on my, on my life. And I love it. It's like some of my greatest memories is like arguing with my brother in Blockbuster, like legit. <laughs> like, what are we gonna rent? So true. You can't rent yeah. Love and Basketball again, Rachel. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my dad to me. Oh, so okay. So we know young Girl Scout Tiff making movies. How yeah. long between that sort of revelation of oh wow, I love doing this. I want to do this. How long from then to the first point that you felt checked for as a filmmaker? Mm. You know what's interesting? When I was in film school. I, so I majored in directing and I minored in screenwriting. But what was interesting about that time was I don't think I fully knew I hadn't developed like my voice. Right. You know, I, some of the, the filmmakers that like I, I look up to are very specific in, in their, you know, their cinematic language and this type of stories they tell. Um, and I like very aggressive masculine directors. Okay, <laughs> um, I like go. heavy-handed. Yeah, I like I like a heavy-handed director. Mm-hmm. Um, I gravitate towards you know, um, like Scorsese and like Del Palma and like all these mm-hmm. like really, really specific guys. And I was like, how can I how can I take you know my my voice, my aesthetic, my my flair, and and find stories that can you know that that feel like me. And so with Ladylike, actually, that was the first. Um, short. I don't count my thesis film because that is garbage. <laughs> but the first, the first short I made out of film school was Ladylike, and I think you know and that was a collaboration with with a friend I met in film school. We co-wrote it together and, and and created these girls. And I think what 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 was so special about that project was you could really see um, you could really see a voice there. I think you could really see. I mean, mind you, it's we were young, we were kids, we had pennies to make it. But I think we did a lot with what we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it felt like a coming out short film in a way. It felt like I had a very clear point of view, a very clear, like, aesthetic and vibe. And I was kind of borrowing from all the things. Because that's what filmmakers do. You know, we all feel, right? So you all, you, you're, in, you're inspired by, you kind of take all your, your influences and um, you use them. And so I was taking, you know, my love of Scorsese films and, like, John Waters films and like, you know, throwing in a a lot of style and like all of these things, I was just kind of like trying to mix them. And it was after, it was after that short film that I I, I felt checked for it. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It was, you know, I think it came, um, once it went online, I mean, yes, we did the festival circuit, which was really dope and it had a lot of exposure, but the minute it went online, that's when the game really changed in, in a good way because it was, it, it was able to get more eyeballs. Well, I feel like Ladylike 
I mean, it's a whole, it's, it's razzle dazzle, murder, mayhem, <laughs> cool people smoking yes. cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Rachel, I live for you. I can't. I can't it's like, do you need me to write the summary about this movie you made <laughs> right. six years ago? It, the job is done, Rachel. Um, is it safe to say that lady like really speaks to your style as a creator and storyteller? Absolutely. It's, uh, definitely. I, I kind of like, um, I, I use, and maybe you saw it on the website, but I use like murder, glamour, suspense mm-hmm. are my words. Yes. Um, so it's like, you know, a little Hitchcock in there, but definitely I like characters that are, um, clearly flawed and complex and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I also love giving them a, a sense of style and aesthetic that's, you know, very specific. Um, and, and with Lady Like, it was all about, you know, how can we um, sort of disguise what these women really are? You know, like, if, let's put them in a palette that's not, um, you know, you saw that you see them walking down the street. You just think they're like two fashionable women mm-hmm. now that they've been driving around with this body right. in their in their car the whole day. And so it's just kind of, yeah, again, just taking from the films that I gravitate towards. And that is. You know, I like I like rooting for the bad guys. <laughs> so. And you mentioned that you'd made it initially in sort of this like ragtag scrappy way. I feel like Very. I hear a lot about like filmmakers who like, you know, they start with like bare bones, just doing it, you know, with them and their friend. They're out here directing, shooting it, editing it, like fucking craft services, wearing 12 different hats. Do you? Literally. Right. <laughs> and that is sort of like the culture of film at its best. You know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. the hero, don't be a hero, man, is like something that white men say on set. So I've heard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something yeah, like don't that. be a hero, man. But do you find that like now that your career has gotten to the point where it's at, is it harder to like revert back to that scrappy beginnings? Like if you just wake up on a Tuesday and you're like, you know what, I want to go out and I just like want to make something like by myself. Is it like harder to do that once you have had sort of like the resources behind you? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I miss the scrappiness of, of making short films so, so much because it, it forces you, you have to be way more creative um, and you have to really, you're so limited in, in both your money and your time and your resources that it, it, it forces you to really have to, you know, be creative. Um, and especially with Lady Like, like we got away with, we had not, not a single piece of insurance, right? Not, not a single <laughs> permit, you know, like we was just out here like, God, God had us. That was it. It was like. What you know, God, just please don't let this camera fall. Please don't let Courtney and Mia, you know, fall. And mind you, that car that they're driving, it was my dad's friend's car, and he was like, "Who's gonna drive it?" I was like, "Well, my two girlfriends are gonna drive," and they were like, "He was like, wait, this is a classic car. Like, I gotta make sure they know what they're doing. Like, we, you're, you're just, you have to just kind of jump." Um, so once I started doing TV, I had I did another short film shortly after I did Dear White People, and it was for Refinery Twenty Nine. It was a short that my friend Adrian um, wrote. And uh, we shot it for three days, like in Lancaster in the desert. And I remember, and, and Adrian's probably gonna laugh at me for saying this, but I had, so I'm coming off of two television shows, right? Like I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm out here, I'm working, I'm working, you know, I'm right. Yeah. So, and then I come into this, this indie short and I'm like, oh, we don't have a crane. We can't, oh, we can't go. You know, like, oh, wait, we're limited. Like, all these things. And she's like, bitch, you did two episodes. Let me, let me, let me check you this way and remind you where you are. And I was like, oh, you're right. And I was so grateful for that. I was so thankful that she was like, yeah, like, don't get it twisted. Like, you still, 
it, again, I think there's just something about having to having to really push yourself creatively. Um, and, and, you know, yeah, I'm not going to get that crane shot. Okay. So what's something that's equally as dynamic and, and interesting that we can maybe accomplish without the camera having to go that high type of thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So there is, there is a little bit of, uh, having, working in, in productions, sometimes you have a lot of safety and a lot of support. Having too much support sometimes can, can maybe work against you because it doesn't, you feel too secure and too safe and it doesn't allow you to kind of be a little messy and a little, uh, you know, grungy. You know, your directing credits are pretty dynamic. As you just explained, sometimes you're in dynamic, different situations. And so I'm curious, from a creative mm-hmm. standpoint, when you come on to work on a project, um, do you usually have a relatively complete vision for how the whole thing will go? Or do you end up, do you have a style of piecemealing it, you know, act by act, scene by scene as you go through the process? Yeah, I mean, with TV, it's TV is, is different. Obviously, TV TV is very much a writer space. So, as a director coming in to on onto a show, you're walking into an already an established world, mm-hmm. an established these characters are, have already existed. This palette exists, the aesthetic, all of this. So, you're kind of coming in to see how you can expand on it. But then, when I'm doing projects that are my own and like I'm being brought on to to direct yeah that's that's all me like I simply start with a playlist mm-hmm. um I I music is like a driving force for me um when I in my process and I always I I'm always I'm always wondering how something sounds before I see it which is really weird wow. but so I'll start with a playlist yeah I'll start with a playlist just kind of like see what what does it feel like what does it sound like and then visuals start to come after that in a weird way sounds um, like a superpower to me uh your, your playlist creation <laughs> method yeah i usually always start with a playlist also i'm notorious for making playlists just a little plug for there me you um I, my, what's, yeah. your, what's your spotify it's my favorite Where do oh yeah please by all means uh it, it should just be tiffany janelle. tiffany janelle on spotify ladies and gentlemen i will i will send yeah i will i will um share that with you guys i i, I send out monthly playlists all the time but yeah if i read something i'll then go straight to making that playlist right. and then from there i'll start to build to build um you know the, the visuals from that but but yeah it's I, tv i kind of separate my brain a little bit when i'm a, a television director versus like doing things on my own because I, that's, you know, that's a job. Like, you know, that, that is, that, unless, you know, I get the opportunity to do a pilot, which is a whole different thing. Cause then I can like establish all that. But, um, but coming into, to an existing show, it is a job, right. And I'm there to, I'm hopping on a moving train and then I'm jumping right off and the trains don't keep right. going. Keeping it moving, keeping right. it moving, keeping right. it moving. But we saw, you know, you did the series with Dove, which was um, the campaign, uh, which seemed to, be you know for dub very much aimed at like self-esteem for young girls and women um Mm -hmm. and my question is like what is your experience what was that experience like working with big brands because it's like I feel like a big anytime a big brand tries to be philanthropic Mm -hmm. it's like where in, in what factor are you fucking your workers over simultaneously you know what I mean where are you union busting uh so I guess like did in that I guess on that campaign or like if you know if you're not trying to name names in any space where you've it's been a bit more corporate like is do you feel that dissonance between like the alleged altruistic intention and then like the reality of working with like a corporate giant? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my first. 
um, branded content. No, yeah, like campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dove kind of really already had, you know, the scripts were already written. And that was also a collaboration with, um, with Lena Waithe, who had, who had wrote those scripts and had asked me to, to, to come on and, and direct. So they had the idea and the concept already there, and they just wanted a visual approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't, the, you know, it was, it was kind of pretty much already set up as to what each episode was going to tackle, um, you know, the, the girls and the characters and the dynamics. And then I was just, I was brought on to kind of just give it some flavor, give it some, give it some, um, you know, some flair. But they were, they were really, I will say I had a, I had a decent time with, with Dove, I must say. They, they allowed me to, to do what I wanted to do. And they allowed me to, uh, they trusted me. Yeah. They did. They really did. It was a good experience. It's not, it's not ideal. You know, it's not definitely right. something that, um, you know, I want to, I want to get, I, I don't necessarily want to do a lot of, I guess, but it was, I loved what they were trying to do. I loved the message. Um, and you know, with those, you kind of, once you turn in your director's cut, to be honest on, on campaigns like that, you, you're oftentimes a little bit done, you know, they, yeah. they'll take it in and finish it up and then you watch and you're like, Oh, that, okay. That was okay. Well, that was what we were going for. So you kind of, again, it's, it's these, when, when you are a hired director on things, it's, it is a little bit, again, you, you have to pick your battles and like, mind you, I'm a, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for the things I really, 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 really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and the things I really believe in and stand by, but then there's some of those battles that, you know, like, okay, this one may not, I may not win this one right now, and so you know, just kind of have to pick them. But but I, I I was I was pleased with um very pleased actually with with how that that Dove campaign came out and and just working with all the collaborators on that. My one one of my favorite people is my um, cinematographer Ruben, who God bless him. I put him through so many <laughs> projects. Um, and Shout he's, out Ruben. he's always down. Yeah, he's always down. He's always open, and and we push each other um both in our artistry and and he's he's always game for it so that that was i'm so proud of what we did on that on that project specifically that's that's awesome that you get to in even in a situation like that work with a friend you know it sounds like yeah it's because it can be really isolating on set eerily enough for sure and i've been i've worked with friends across almost every project i've done both in front of the camera behind the camera um, and it's, it's a, you know, it's, you have to, you know, not everybody can probably work with their friends, but I've, I've figured it out and right. I've, and I've gotten to a place and I, and I love it. I mean, from lady, like, you know, Courtney is in that. Um, and, uh, every, all the collaborators on that was, was friends. And then, yeah, every project I've done, even in television, well, with the exception of Black Monday, that was honestly, I will say this, Black Monday was the first, um, that was the first gig I booked, like purely on myself. Like I had, you know, I had the general, I had the meeting with Showtime. I met with the showrunners and like these, these people didn't know me from Adam, you know what I mean? And so it was really, it was, it was very rewarding knowing that like I got that purely on my talent and stuff, you know, but then walking into a space like a show of Black Monday or a last OG where again, you know, I'm coming in cold. They don't know me. You ha- I have everything to prove, right? Like that's a different feeling too. Cause you definitely want to step up and um, and like I was on um, Black Monday, I was like, "Oh, Don Cheadle's gonna see right through me. He's, right. This is gonna like he's gonna be like he's gonna be like who is it? Who is this girl?" And like I was terrified, terrified. Wow, Don like, the night before, the night before, just like staring at the ceiling, like uh, my call time's at like five a.m., but I can't right. sleep because I'm like I like the minute I meet him, I'm gonna like crumble. Right. But um, but no, you know, you 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 do what you came to do, and like you try not to like um, 
you know, let that into or use that intimidation. I will say I use that 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 intimidation a little bit. And once I met him, I was like, okay, you know what? He's he's real. He's a human being. Like I can I can still talk to him. Um, and he was like super comfortable with me out the gate. He was like, hey Tiff, what you want? I was like, oh, Tiff, okay, amazing. Cool. Right. <laughs> like yeah, he came out the he came out the gate with Tiff, and I was like, okay. Same with Tracy Morgan, like out the gate, like hey Tiff, what you want? And I'm like, all right, cool. Now we I, it makes it makes me feel comfortable. It makes me feel like okay, they. They 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 believe it. That was that was two tips on set. (laughs) Two tips out the gate. They coming out. You never can have too many tips. Is what (laughs) is what people have said before. Not just me in this moment. Um, Very true. Very true. But truly, I mean, you've painted such a great picture of like where you are now versus where you've come from. And there's this uh, Drake lyric that I reflect on often. Um, <laughs> off the song Emotionalist, um, off the album Scorpion. Shout out Drizzy, happy Hanukkah. Um, and <laughs> but this lyric goes, and I'm such a corny bitch for including this in an interview. It goes, looking back on my years, there's times when I wish I was where I was back when I used to wish I was here. Um, And I often think, will I ever miss the days of being a Jewish jester for children at every JCC in the tri-state area? Um, But for you, do you get caught up in this nostalgia of being like, damn, I remember like when I was just making lady, like, you know, right straight out of film school. Like, do you ever... Is does that ring true, or are you just like fuck it? No, I'm happy to clock in um, at Black Monday, and I'm never looking back. Or, or is it a mixture of the two? I definitely don't want to forget that time. Like I don't know if I I want to go back to it or relive it, but I I definitely carry it with me because it it it's it, I think it in some way keeps me grounded. It makes me know, you know know it it makes me realize the journey and like how how you know not having resources or not having all the money in the world, like what I was able to do and just making sure I kind of keep that same fire and drive. Um, yeah, I definitely think I, I go back to that, to that time. Um, because I, I even then, I honestly, I think that girl back then was way more fearless than maybe I, I am even today. I think I'm, a, I've, I've gotten a little bit, um, precious with my art. Whereas like back mm. then, I think I was just like, kind of doing it. Um, so I, I honest, honestly, I would say if I could like take a little bit more of that fearlessness that, that that girl in film school had, that would be, yeah, that would be dope. Well, in the, in the spirit of, of that, I've got two questions for you. One about the past, another about the future. Back in, back yeah. in those days when you felt risky and, and froggy and ready to do some crazy shit and, and, and make some art, on the, on the days yeah. where it wasn't really hidden, where maybe you felt, damn, ain't nobody checking for me. What are some of the ways that, mm. that you stayed resilient? You know, well, how, what are, what's some of the self-talk that Tiffany Johnson does that goes, yeah, just keep the feet moving because we could direct the shit out of some Black Monday and that show doesn't exist yet, but when it does, we, you know right. what I mean? And the second part of the question, second part of the question, in okay. 10 years, when people are checking mm, for yeah. you, Let's assume the 10 years is coming. We got it. We're going to make it. Mother Earth's got another 10 in her. (laughs) In 10 years, when people are checking for Tiffany Johnson, what do you want them to find? What do you want them to feel? Mm. Oh, my God. These fucking Oprah questions. (laughs) 
I'm always a student, right? So I'm always a, I'm a student of this of my craft, and I I I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly trying to um, you know arm myself with as much as I can. And I feel like in in those film school days, I stayed resilient by honestly just like watching films. Like I think that was it. it also, the friends that I made in film school, I think we all kind of had that support each other because we no one knew what was going to happen, right? Like we all you know wanted to be next Spielbergs or whatever like that, but I think it was just that that sense of community. Maybe is I don't know if that's answering the question. That's a perfect correctly. answer. You need people. Yeah, I I lean on my people so much, and I'm so grateful. Again, like we all kind of came up together, um, and and you know we again just kind of working on everybody's projects together, and just like pushing ourselves and and whatnot. That was very that I think ultimately what kept me what kept the fire lit. Um, yeah, just like dissecting films, like even to this day, you know, me, me, uh, my good friend Dime and, and Justin Simeon, uh, you know, we, we sit and watch films um, and just like critique and break them down. And like, we're constantly trying to like, you know, strengthen our, strengthen our, 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 our cinematic, you know, palette. Um, so we never stop. So we never feel like we got it because you never have it all. You know what I mean? I want them to find a, an artist that was bold and unapologetic and and you know her work um i'm wow it's weird speaking like in this part like i don't know what tense i'm speaking in you're speaking in the fourth person yeah fourth person (laughs) but i mean i hope i hope more than anything is is that the work um is that the work stands the test of time right i think that i i just want people to revisit my films more than anything you know that like there's my like judgment now when I watch a movie is do I want to watch it again? Mm-hmm. And it should be that easy, right? It's that simple. Like I've just finished a movie. Do I want to see this again? And like not in some time, like lately it's like, no, I don't. But I hope I make films that people want to revisit and like, and, and enjoy. And, you know, even if they're the uncomfortable, weird ones, or if they're like the funny, dark ones, whatever. Like I just wanted to, this in the same sense of like, you know, bringing it back to Blockbuster and like re-renting Love and Basketball over and over again. It's like you, you, you come back to that film for a reason, right? It does something to you. It, 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 um, it becomes a part of you. So I, I just hope, I hope people find um, me still interesting and that they want to revisit my work and that, um, you know, it's still, it, it, it feels timeless. Timeless Tiffany Johnson. I can see it. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Ooh, to me. Yes. It makes a lot of sense to me. And, and <laughs> you guys are so I, silly. I hear you loud and clear. Back in the day, of course, of course, the community held you down. Friends held you down. You know what they say? Squadliness is close to godliness. So It's so true. Yeah. This is, I get it. And family. I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't dismiss my family. But like, definitely my mom was very like, again, not even knowing what, you know, a director was going to look like or whatever. She was like, she did crappy on every short film I ever did. Oh my gosh, that's Um, so nice. Yeah. (laughs) I have a funny, I have a funny story. So in film school, uh, the undergrad, they, they like crew up on the graduate projects, right? right? So like, you're, you know, your grips and electric Mm -hmm. and like kind of the, Mm -hmm. no shade, like the below the line people, that's usually the undergrads that are crew. But then you have to sit in on your evaluation. So then those students, you know, there's a class where they talk about, you know, how, what it was like being on set with you and like, you know, what they learned, yada, yada. And, and so I'm in the, I'm in the, you know, evaluation, I'm at the front and the class is, right. you know, all the people that was on my crew are talking and, you know, some good stuff, but every one of them was like, the crafty though. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. What did mom like, bring? My, right. Mom was making spaghetti. She was making tacos. 
She had my crew tired as fuck. Right. I was like, mom, they are lazy wow. now. You're feeding them. Like, she was frying the chicken. Like, all this. And they was like, the food was top notch. They were like, yeah, Tiffany did good. Like, you know, she wow. knew what she was doing, but the food. Okay, last thing that we ask all of our guests is what would you like people checking for from you right now, right here in this moment? Um, I hope I want people to be checking for the for the first feature. I want them to like be excited and anticipating what the first feature is gonna be. Cause I'm working that's what I'm that's what I'm most excited about for twenty twenty one is um this script that I'm attached to and hopefully we get this money so we can make it. Um, but I hope people are checking for the first feature that is hopefully on its way. Hell yeah. Beautiful. First feature. Here we yeah. go. 2021. Here we go. I'm expecting good <laughs> things. Hopefully more unemployment. That's what I'm looking for. Hey, <laughs> Johnson, thanks so much for coming on the pod. You were truly a joy to have. I'm Rachel Jarofsky. I'm Cody Wilkins. We out.